So we are going to hit 500,000 deaths today. You know, we often mock the fascination with round numbers. Uh, for obvious reasons, because in reality, 500,000 is not more significant, significant than 495,000. But uh, it is stunning. I mean, if you'd have told me at the beginning of this, I think we're going to hit half a million dead, I'd have thought, nah, no way. Not a chance. I know I, th- I said that out loud. That's 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 a, a crazy number, and we're not done yet. But the numbers are dropping fast, which is really really good news. And the reason I bring that up uh, at all is how many fewer deaths would we have had if China had been, in the least, honest and cooperative at the beginning of this thing? And I appreciate the Biden administration was pretty tough on the WHO and uh, China cooperating with the world over the weekend, including. The well, this is a, a former uh, Trump person, former deputy national security advisor. But we also have some quotes from some Biden people. But this is what Matt Pottinger said yesterday on Face the Nation. The uh, the Chinese government was not sharing useful data with anyone in the world. The World Health Organization was parroting misinformation about this virus. That they were they were claiming that it is not uh, uh, featuring significant human to human spread. Uh, they continued for weeks, even months, uh, to claim that there was not a significant amount of asymptomatic spread. So that misled our uh, public health experts. And Jake Sullivan, who is the current White House National Security Advisor, was on talk shows over the weekend, said China has not provided sufficient original data. Uh, We need a credible, open, transparent international investigation led by the World Health Organization, he said on Face the Nation yesterday. The WHO is about to come out with a report about the origins of the pandemic in Wuhan. And we have questions about that because we do not believe China has made available sufficient original data into how this pandemic began to spread, both in China and then eventually around the world, said the Biden administration. We believe both the WHO and China should step up on this matter. I'm glad they're calling them out, calling out the WHO and China. Well, I think the only stepping up the WHO can do really is say that China is defying our our requests for data. They're defying our ability or, or restricting our ability to do meaningful inspections. The WHO can't do anything that China doesn't let them do, and China obviously had, still has reason to be covering something up pretty aggressively. The most frustrating thing, and this was an article in the Wall Street Journal. I'm trying to find that real fast. Um, if I can't find it, I'll get to it later. Oh, here it is. And this was, uh, this was, this is an article by Scott Gottlieb. In the Wall Street Journal over the weekend, WHO said, what about Wuhan? Um, a member of the WHO delegation said it's possible that a frozen carcass could have been shipped to China. This is the whole frozen food argument that China started last year that nobody yeah. believes. They made this up in China. And again, this is Scott Gottlieb writing this in the Wall Street Journal. A WHO de- delegation said it's possible that a frozen carcass could have been shipped to China and introduced the virus, giving some validation to the food packaging idea. Reporting has suggested that China required the WHO to agree it would investigate that food hypothesis as a conditioning of entering Wuhan. China said, "Holy crap!" China now said, "Come on, China." China said, hey, WHO, you're not coming into this country unless you agree to treat the whole frozen food angle completely seriously and act like that's a serious angle. And they agreed to that. 
Oh, my God. So why is anybody going to pay attention to that WHO report at all? It's a joke. (laughs) Scott Gottlieb goes on to write, By lending credence to this improbable theory, WHO is damaging trust in the important project of figuring out where the virus originated. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration weighed in last week with a forceful statement. There is no credible evidence of food or food packaging associated with or is a likely source of viral transmission. That's what our government said. There is no evidence of that. Other scientific bodies have reached similar conclusions. The International Commission of Microbiological Specifications for Foods, fun group to hang out with, has stated, Mm. and this is a hell of a statement, Despite the billions of meals and food packages handled since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic to date, there has not been any evidence that food, food packaging, or food handling is a source of transmission ever. More than 100 million cases of COVID have been diagnosed worldwide, and outside of China's claims, not a single case has been traced to food or food packaging, says the top scientists in this world body. Yet China claims that we, we know what China's up to. I, I excuse them. They're evil. They're an evil communist country. I get what your, your deal is. That's who you are. But hmm. for the WHO to say, okay, we'll pretend that that's a possibility and, and, and say that to the world so you can let us in. What the hell? Let us in to examine the crime scene, which has been carefully cleansed over the course of the last 12 to 14 months. It's just, it's, it's beyond ridiculous. It, it's, it's just. Pathetic. Well, it's so serious. This is a serious thing. Um, Gottlieb, oh, yeah. Gottlieb goes on to write, To its credit, the Biden administration has said it will reject the WHO findings absent independent verification. The Chinese, at least heretofore, have not offered the requisite transparency that we need, said the State Department. The WH team said the lab, the lab escape theory is so remote that it doesn't merit any further investigation. That's the idea that it came out of the lab. Right. The WHO said it's so remote that that's what happened. There's no more further investigation needed. I just, but you're going to continue. Don't have any interest in but you're going to continue to investigate the frozen food possibility. Uh, as huh. uh, as um, well, I'll read it as Gottlieb wrote. The WHO said that the laboratory theory is so remote it doesn't merit any investigation, but the frozen salmon theory does. By giving weight to the food theory, the WHO is making itself less credible, which is a pity. The WHO's work is essential. The WHO risks eroding its standing. Risks eroding its standing? <laughs> Who still takes them seriously? See, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the right answer is on this. I'm more with the Trump version of, we're out. Screw you people. You're a bunch of liars. We're out. A lot of smart people that I respect say, no, you have to stay in these organizations and try to reform them from within. It's your only hope. You can't let China take all over all the major organizations and, and just say, okay, we're out then. Do it, do it how you want. Um, right. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not that optimistic that we're going to reform these things from the inside. I think we give them credibility by, 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 by paying attention to them at all. Well, right, and there's the problem, because people do pay attention to them. I mean, every major media outlet in America, really around the world, is reporting on this WHO report and whatever the WHO says. So I I don't think you can cripple them by leaving them. I mean, it hurts them, but um, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that view, but I think you do need to stay inside there and get in the meetings and fight like hell to have China pushed aside. Uh, you know, you could argue, I don't know that it's true, but you could argue that the reason China has so much sway right now is that we checked out for a while. 
I don't. I don't know that to be true. Well, but do I you know, tell you remember this. the numbers on the money, though. We're we, just like the UN and practically oh, everything, yeah. NATO yep. and everything else that exists in the world. We donate by far the vast majority of the money that makes the thing run. Yeah. Yep. That's true. One more point. Anybody who's ever raised a four-year-old and and heard that I don't know, maybe a ghost ate the cookies. There's only one reason the accused. Uh, you know, sets out and, and, and emphasizes a ridiculous explanation for events. And that's because the real explanation for events, of which they are fully aware, makes them look really bad. Come on, you don't need to be a, a, a international health expert to understand why China is obfuscating. They're keeping the WHO at bay. They made them sign on to the idiotic frozen fish theory. Come on. I, why didn't the WHO just announce to the world... China's trying to make us spread this fanciful lie to allow us to look at the source of the COVID. Why wouldn't they say that? They're Why gutless. Did... I think a lot of their power structure is in bed with China. Well, they're probably you know, it's just money put into their bank accounts. Yeah, well, it could be that direct. I was just reading how China's got this giant program to get their vaccine to uh, Africa in particular, but third world countries, including South America, which is kind of bothersome messing around in, in our hemisphere, but... Uh, they're really trying to establish themselves as the global health leader. And they're spreading around tremendous amounts of money and, and, and uh, vaccine and the rest of it. And so, yeah, their, their factions within the WHO are leaning China's way. They think that's how they're going to get more rich and powerful. I was glad to see the Biden be so blunt about um, how we don't believe any of that. And Good. We have Good. to go that direction. God dang it. That's really troubling. I mean, this is one As, of the worst things that's happened in world history, and the origin of it, it was never going to be known because China lies and is uh, evil. China is asshole! In short, yes. Uh, but the good news is, the, the wake up and smell the coffee news is, both the uh, left and right in American politics were soft on China for a long time, hoping we could bring them around through diplomacy and economic openness and, I don't know, our big corporations being in bed with them, LeBron James kissing their ring, that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, both sides have now woken up to the fact that that just is not happening. No, no it's it, empowered them. One thing I learned over the weekend, I listened to some podcasts, I did a lot of reading. It's just a matter of time, and it'll be uh, sooner rather than later. The idea that there's going to be an Olympics in Beijing, please, not a freaking chance. The idea that the the, the, the NBA is going to be able to continue to do business in China the way they are, no way, no way. Public pressure is going to grow so fast, that's going to be over. Disney, Good. all these companies, it's just a matter of time. All these companies are going to get forced to to uh, to turn their back on China, which is, which is awesome. But uh, as the news becomes more clear to everyone how evil this country is, uh, the, 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 the days of, yeah, but we also do business there, they're just going to be over. I think. Uh-huh. I hope. I hope. I hope. Greed does funny things to people. NFL Hall of Famer comes out against slave reparations, of course. The nutty mayor of Chicago, who is briefly on the right side of things, arguing with her teachers' union, is talking about tearing down statues, erasing our history. So she's back on that side of the ledger. I really should do also the uh, the guy who ran off with his baby mama's mom right after the kid was born. Oof. You don't see that happen that often. No. I could see him running off with, like, his baby mama's 19-year-old daughter more often than, you know, going, yeah. up, you know, yeah. a generation up. <laughs> or her best friend or something like that. 
You know, that course, kind of story happens. That's a more Povich story. But I got to hear the ages. I mean, there are some parts of the country, some, uh, you know, subcultures where, where huh. mom, I'm sorry, baby mama is is 19. Right. And baby mama's mama Grandma is like 35. Is, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we got all this stuff on the way. like all three Goodfellas at once, <laughs> said he hopes to legalize marijuana next month. Cuomo is hoping marijuana will provide New Yorkers a safe, effective way to forget about the nursing home stuff. Yeah, they uh, they beat up Andrew on Andrew Cuomo pretty good on Saturday Night Live. Good. They got a fair amount of criticism for the fact that they left the story completely alone the week before. So they uh, they reacted that way. Hmm. It should get a lot of attention. It's still amazing how much, uh, how little attention it's getting in the mainstream media that the governor of the third biggest state in the country is being investigated by the FBI and is almost certainly going to get run out of office. Right, right. For murdering lying people. about his complicity in the deaths of thousands. Yeah, yeah. covering up killing people. Which is it's not like, like he took $30,000 from some donor to go to Barbados. No, he killed thousands of people and lied about it. You'd think that would get your attention. Speaking of bad leadership, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot has launched an effort to face the, quote, hard truths of Chicago's racial history by reviewing over 40 statues and monuments across the city, including some of Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Ulysses S. Grant, for the love of the Union, William McKinley, bastard, and Benjamin Franklin. I'm quoting now. Given the past year, and in particular the past summer that made clear history isn't past, it is essential that residents are part of this conversation. What this does history is, isn't past mean? I, I think it's I think an it's... effort to be clever that it affects us today. Uh, yeah, mm. I think that's the conclusion they were trying to get to, yeah. Yeah, history affects life today, Jack. Okay. This project is about more than a single statue or mural. It's about channeling our city's dynamic civic energy to permanently memorialize our shared values, history, and heritage. Oh, I'm out of breath. I just blah, blah, <laughs> blah. <laughs> So they're going to talk about taking down statues of Washington, erasing history to prepare for the Marxist future. Anything interesting? Like, nah, we'll just see. Some of this, uh, it's hard to know how to uh, how seriously to take it because some of this is like the San Francisco school board idiots. They were serious <laughs> about renaming the schools. I mean, to the point of absurdity, uh, yanking one name because old man Sanchez did dirty stuff back in the day, old dirty Sanchez. But, but turns out it was the wrong Sanchez. So now they've held off their, their statement is unintentionally hilarious. They said, yeah, we, number one, we probably ought to be talking about getting the schools open. Apparently they listen to the Armstrong and Getty show. And secondly, we should probably involve a couple of historians in this effort. It's, it's you people. I'm talking to you right now. Not you people. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the San Francisco Unified School Board. You people are children. You are hilariously inept. You're you're a comedy act. Stop it. Have you considered being better at your job? Anyway, uh, you never know whether they're serious about doing this stuff or whether it's a gesture like uh, the Biden administration. Uh, I can't remember who's involved. Maxine Waters, somebody is going to hold a panel and discuss slave reparations. You see this gesture, Joe? 
Mm, that's a gesture. Mm. Ooh, <laughs> child. That's, uh, that's rude in virtually every culture. Right, you're getting uh, a lot of pressure from your uh, wackadoo left wing, so you throw them a bone, and you don't really mean it. I see what you're right. talking about. You have about. hearings. Yeah, and actually some of the stuff that was said in the hearing the other day in front of the House of Representatives of the United States, they were talking about uh, reparations. Uh, some of what was said was really good. How much time do we have, Michael? Uh, about a minute and a half. Oh, we got a minute and a half. Okay. A former NFL player, Herschel Walker, testified in front of Congress. He said black Americans should not receive reparations for slavery. Uh, Why yeah, are we asking sure football players about this? I don't know. I don't know, honestly. Maybe because the Republicans got to call some people and they called Walker. But he says, we use black power as white guilt. My approach is biblical. How can I ask my heavenly father to forgive me if I can't forgive my brother? Reparations teach separation. Slavery ended over 130 years ago. How can a father ask his son to spend time in prison for a crime he committed? But then he got into the really uh, nitty-gritty parts that will just doom this thing. It have always doomed it and have made it a lie from the beginning. Reparations, where does the money come from? Does it come from all the other races except the black black taxpayers? Who's black? What percentage of black must you be to receive reparations? Do you go to 23andMe or a DNA test to determine the percentage of blackness? And then some black immigrants weren't here during slavery, nor their ancestors. Some states didn't have slavery. I feel it continues to let us know we're still African-American rather than just American. Reparation or atonement is outside the teaching of Jesus. Very complicated. Uh, We got all kinds of stuff on the way. COVID. um, I want to talk about my birthday, etc. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The retired admiral who oversaw the raid that killed Osama bin Laden is releasing a children's book. The book is a surprising collaboration called The Berenstein Bears Kill Osama bin Laden. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was the funniest joke of the night. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> the picture was funny too, if you've ever read Berenstein Bears books to your kids. Many, many times. Um, that mom was a little bit of a hot-tempered. She's a, she, she flies off the handle now and then. Uh, of the Berenstein was Bears. It, was it her who... Uh, shot Osama bin Laden? Yeah, had the kill shot. So here's one of those stories that I probably should have looked into. I've heard the headline a couple of times. Maybe Joe... I'm hoping Joe can explain it. Otherwise, this will fall very flat. Um, his light stayed on during the storm. Now he owes $16,000. Scores of Texans who have reported skyrocketing electric bills as the price of keeping the lights on shot upward during the storm. Ah, I, just, yeah. I keep seeing this headline. Do you know what the story is? I, did, I, you know, I never actually read the paragraphs. Is it some sort of they, they upped the cost of electricity briefly, and so if your electricity was still on? A $17,000 bill for just a couple of days of electricity. Yeah, what happened was, and and again, I have barely enough understanding of this to explain it. So forgive me, Texans, if I get it not quite right. But the uh, the big uh, the energy co op that they have in Texas that's gotten so much attention lately uh, did a really good job of supplying cheap electricity through uh, natural gas, coal, wind, solar, etc. But it didn't have an upper cap on what the rate per kilowatt hour would be, and so when everything froze. They bought power, they generated power um, at exorbitant rates, and because the contracts consumers had with the company didn't have a, a cap, 
or a guarantee of any sort, those exorbitant rates were passed on to them. I mean, and it was it was you know fifty times as expensive as usual, a hundred times as expensive as usual to, to to buy the power, and the consumers really didn't know that because it, it just it, there was no point in having a cap on it from anybody's perspective because there's so much energy in Texas. I just remembered to send a picture to my son of me in my new Homer Simpson pajamas that I got for my birthday yesterday from my kids. He wanted to see how they looked on me last night, and uh, he went to bed before he got a chance. So I took a picture of myself in the mirror this morning and sent it to him so he could see. So is it the blue pants and the white shirt that Homer wears, or is it his uh, likeness on the jammies? Excellent question. Rather than it being similar to the pajamas Homer wears, it is a whole bunch of pictures of Homer's head. And various quotations. Perfect. Oh, quotes. And my kids... uh, That's not business wear? (laughs) My kids made me a birthday cake. They both both made half the cake and decorated it. They got into an argument on decorating the cake. So rather than take Mm -hmm. two two layers and put them on top of each other, we just did two separate cakes and they made, you know, you know how it goes. So uh, a lot of gummy worms and sprinkles and that sort of thing? Yeah, sprinkles a big thing, very big thing, lots of sprinkles. I mean, just an insane amount of sprinkles. You know, what about did me in, though, was the candy happy birthday. The letters were just little little sugar balls that spelled out happy birthday, and I had a couple of those, thought I was going to go down. Those were uh, were rough. That's an old girlfriend's pet name for me, by the way. Anyway, moving along. (laughs) Yeah, geez, okay. Um... Back to the serious. Yeah, and again, the birthday thing is just past a certain age. It's just if if it if somebody else enjoys you know drawing attention to my birthday, well then then that's fine. I'm not, you know I certainly I'm I'm happy my kids are having a good time. They had a really good time shopping for me and making cakes and stuff like that and singing last night. But right. I get no enjoyment out of recognizing <laughs> me getting closer to death. I just. I don't know. You know, it's an expression of love. You enjoy that those around you are celebrating. 100% I enjoy that. Okay. But there's nothing on... it sounds like you don't. No, no, 100%. But there's nothing on my end that is happy about... Let's just pretend it's not happening. In my own mind. I just realized I still got a tag on my new t-shirt. That I also got for my birthday, my Ice Cube t-shirt, as I've become a big (laughs) fan of NWA, I guess. No, no, no. Ice Cube from the hilarious... Children's movie that came out two weeks ago. Are we there yet? It's just oh hilarious that one of the nastiest gangster rappers in the history of culture does kids' movies now aimed at like eight year olds. You imagine something? telling Ice Cube in the eighties, "Hey, here's your career arc, brother." Yeah, this is what's going to make you the most money. <laughs> I yeah. make how much? Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, where do I sign? Eh, fine. I'll protest. <laughs> you know. From my penthouse. Speaking of kids, Dr. Drew tweeted this out, and I thought it was kind of interesting about schools. Not Dr. Dre, also of West Coast hip-hop fame. <laughs> no, completely different okay. person. This is Dr. Drew. Um, school closures are going to be looked at as the most serious misadventure from this pandemic. I don't know. It's going to be quite a contest for what's the biggest misadventure. I think misadventure is a too cutesy term for it. It's a misadventure. Like that's something the Berenstein Bears go on. Yeah, I think. Yeah, how about disaster? Yeah, I think he's kind of being sarcastic right. there. Um, but is it the um, telling us all not to wear masks in the beginning? And who knows how that would have changed things? Is it the closing down restaurants, businesses, private enterprise when you didn't need to at all and it had no effect, or the schools? It's going to be quite the battle for that to wear the crown of biggest misadventure. Well, right. As we said many times at many points in the uh, pandemic, 
instead of closing it down, why don't you explain the challenge, explain the risk, and let American ingenuity attack it? Find a way to get the kids in school. Find a way to keep your business open. Here are the guidelines. Now, go get it. Now, wouldn't that be a different style of leadership than shut it down? Follow the science. Dr. Drew poses an interesting question that I haven't heard asked. I hope somebody looks into it. Did any physician recommend this? The CDC did not recommend it. Where did it come from? That's a real good question. Who decided? Closing the school specifically. Yeah. Who who decided that first? And then every other school district said, well, they're doing it there. I suppose we should. I, I guess that's how it happened. But because as he says, the CDC didn't recommend it. He doesn't know physicians that recommended. Who who came up with this idea? How did it even start? Anyway. Wow, you're blowing my mind. Yeah, no kidding. Moving on from that, though, we don't know the impact closing schools might have on our youth. Might it be a permanent injury to their well-being? Certainly might be. Because school has moved online, children and adolescents now have access to the Internet with little or no monitoring in a way that they never did before. Strikingly, there's a 135% increase in sexting, ranging from high school down to third grade, as young as nine. We need to get kids back in school. I'll bet. Yikes. I'll bet that the amount of time kids have had to, to you know, float around the Internet without parents is completely different than it was a year and oh a half ago. Oh, my God. We can't begin to fully reckon with the, the effects of this. I mean, you have that stuff, and if idle hands are the devil's playthings, you add the internet onto that. Oh man! And then add into the the you know the lack of socialization, the isolation, the you know it's the they call them the formative years for a reason. Uh, this this is terrible. Ugh. And somebody please look into that. How did this even get started anyway? Question. This is a bunch yeah, of stuff I'm thinking like that. Back. I'm thinking back, and I just think people were flailing away, trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, They decided they're going to close down. with One school district does it. The other one thinks, oh, we don't want to be on the hook in case you know a bunch of people die. We'll be liable, and just everybody shut down. And aired some of, I hate to even use the word caution, more like a cowardice. Might have been driven by lawyers. You don't want to. You don't, yeah, that's true. As always, that's true. You don't want to attribute bad motives to people unless you know what their motives are, but. I do. I mean, having gotten started. I like doing that. Do. Okay, I like fine. to assume people are out to get me. Gets I'll me like through the hear. day. Um, but once it started, the fact that it can't be undone even now in the face of all the science, it tells you something about public policy. Oh, yeah, boy, that, that's, that's rough. Anyway, and then finally, I'll pay this off. Worst dad ever runs off with girlfriend's mom day after birth of his son. The ages really are the key here, right? Good-looking couple, by the way. Good-looking dude. Good-looking girl. Um, it seems like the good-looking well, though. But, but the uh, which one? The 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 baby mama or the baby mama mama? Um, who is a good-looking couple? Uh, you know, I hate, to, I hate to judge people on looks, but uh, no, you don't. No, I don't. I don't at all. <laughs> Why would yeah, I even what, say that? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> It seems like the attractive get into these situations more than the than the average to below average to me because you have more options, right? and because yeah, y- you don't generally get attractiveness and smartness. <laughs> well, the it's attractive and yeah. dumb, the attractive and dumb have misadventures the rest of us can only dream of. Right. <laughs> so, boyfriend girlfriend, he's twenty nine, she's twenty four. She gets pregnant. Okay. As a baby. Day after, she's still in the hospital. He runs off with her mom, who's 44. 
So that's not crazy. She was 20 when she had her. That's, you know, in the old days, that was common. It's a little uncommon now, but sure, um, sure. so she was 20 when she, her, her mom was 20. So 29-year-old dude runs off with the 44-year-old and uh, leaves a daughter and baby behind. Oh, my God. How'd this end up in wow. uh, New York Post? How do stories like yeah, that end tawdry. up in the newspaper? That is tawdry. Oh, my God. So, so you get boy. tired of talking about Pokemon Go with the with the young gal, you know? Wanted to talk 401k and you know current events with mom. So during the uh, coronavirus, they all kind of started hanging out and living in the same house out of convenience for a lot of different things. Girlfriend's pregnant, you know, so they're living with mom and dad. Uh, not uncommon, you know, for a young couple don't have a job, all that sort of stuff. And he spent a lot of time standing around in the kitchen, talking to mom, drinking wine, it says here. And he got to know her and fell in love oh, with wait, her. Wait, so dad she... is around, too? Well, the... I'd, assumed, uh, I'd assumed mom was a, like a single mom. You no, know, no. Her husband, Eric, was in the house. But the, 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 the oh. 29-year-old would stay up at night drinking wine in the kitchen with soon-to-be grandma. And they kind of fell for each other. Right. Well, he's got to have his. Uh, he's got to have a kid with her too, so that his two kids. He's he's dad to one and dad and grandfather to the other. Yeah, you also is that, have the. Is that right? Would he be the grandfather? There's so much here. I mean, it's the the no. the grandma being hot for her daughter's boyfriend, and then. Not being able to control herself from acting on it, even though they're about to become parents, is there's yeah. there's a, <clears throat> some serious and the timing of them running away together really could not have been at a more chaotic moment. The day after the yeah. child is born, yeah, that's that's tough on uh, that's tough on the new mom. That's really tough on the new mom in terms a of a little bit like in terms of modeling. Say, is it little dogs fornicating in a parkish, really? Yeah, in terms of modeling parental behavior there from day one, really. You've been a mom for one day and your <laughs> mom is modeling run off with this dude. <laughs> oh well, what are you gonna do? I hope they're all happy together. I'm sure everything will work out just fine and they'll get none of my tax money. I'm sure nobody will ever be at any point oh, in need of my tax money. Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I'll tell you what's going to be the interesting thing to follow politically here as the pandemic winds down, and I believe it's going to be winding down. Uh, uh, my favorite scientists that I've been following this whole whole time think that it's going to wrap up, um, at least for now, pretty strong here in the next month or so. It, the the numbers just add up correctly. We've got enough people that have got it. The numbers are just going off a cliff, and it's going to continue that way. Possibility, according to Gottlieb, that it comes back in the fall, but it, it, we we could be way past the worst of this uh, very very soon. So the political part of it is how hard is the Biden administration going to work to convince us that we should still be scared enough to continue to have um, wind at their back for these trillion dollar stimulus packages. Mm. that's going to be interesting to follow. 
Well, the next super, super giant one is just the uh, the spending package. I mean, it's funding the government, it's infrastructure, all sorts of stuff, and it has kind of a COVID-y uh, element to it, but it's not COVID-related per se. Well, we haven't even gotten through this $1.9 trillion one that's uh, going to hit this week. The Wall Street Journal editorial board, the non-COVID spending blowout. The Biden White House is pointing to polls showing that his $1.9 trillion spending bill is popular and the press corps is cheering it. Yet we wonder how much public support there'd be if Americans understood that most of the blowout is a list of longtime Democratic spending priorities flying under the false flag of COVID-19 relief. And they'd go through uh, all the examples, whether it's stuff for schools or the minimum wage or a whole bunch of different things that Democrats been wanting forever that really have nothing to do with COVID. Right, but they're hoping that we're all still, you know, worried enough about COVID that that that, and the polls do uh, uh, support it pretty well. Um, Wall Street Journal is hoping that between the COVID numbers dropping off a cliff and people realizing what's in it, that the popularity will go down. But I don't know. I think they're going to get it through before that happens. Well, and there's a certain percentage of the government and the people of the United States who just think the government spending lots of money is good. It stimulates the economy. So even if it's borrowed money and wasted on shovel-ready jobs that aren't shovel-ready, it's still worth doing. Yeah. $2 trillion. That used to be a big deal, a $2 trillion uh, a package. I mean, like a really, really big deal. Now we've just kind of gotten numb to it. It's weird. It's weird how that happens. Yeah, I'd say. We've all so, done it before ourselves, right? You're shopping for something. You go in thinking you're going to get a... I don't know, a $900 TV. Then you kind of like the looks of that the $1,100 TV. And then you think, well, it wouldn't be that much more to get the third. Next thing you know, you're talking about numbers that aren't even close to your original number, but you're perfectly comfortable discussing the $2,000 TV. I mean, it just it's weird how the, the human mind works on that stuff. I know exactly what you mean. Signed, everybody has ever bought a house. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a great example. Or it can happen with cars real easy. Yeah, that's the worst one. So a trio of San Francisco Bay Area stories that should be of interest to everybody around the country. First of all, the San Francisco city attorney is threatened to school, I'm sorry, to sue the school district. They can and should open re- immediately on county health guidelines and irrespective of labor agreements with the school district, according to the city attorney and is going to sue the schools if they don't open. Remember, this is the right thing happening for the wrong reason, as these cities have realized, wait a second, we get all our tax funding from having kids in schools, and we need to spend all this money on all these ridiculous uh, pensions that we've got. Right, right. But that's something. So you have the city suing its own school board. Very strange. San Francisco skyrocketing burglary rate. San Francisco businesses already hurt by the pandemic are seeing double-digit to triple-digit increases in burglaries, depending on which month of 2020 you look at, including uh, during the whole George Floyd protests period, 164% increase in burglaries. Now, that's a heck of a way to protest uh, police mistreatment of suspects. Uh, by burglarizing a business, but uh, crime rates continue to spiral in the Bay Area. Wow, that's something. As their experiment with progressive policies continues, I'm sure they'll have a utopia soon. Just keep waiting. And then finally this, the entire city of San Francisco is sinking into the sea. A uh, geophysicist with the U.S. Geological Survey. Seems like you should have led with that one. Well, uh, you know, you lead with that, everybody gets all distracted and won't listen to the rest of it. (laughs) So this guy with the... To to the high ground! (laughs) 
The U.S. Geological Survey uh, documented the problem. He calculated the weight of every building in the Bay Area and found the total to be about 3.5 trillion pounds. Is this a real thing? I'm sorry. Can you... He did what now? Is this the way it actually works? Do you weigh buildings and figure out how much they weigh and then decide to... Like, could you do that with a state? I don't know. You got a lot of cars and people. People are getting fatter. You know what the state weighs now? I think it's going to sink. <laughs> Can you think of a better measure? Anyway, I like this. How is this? Yeah, the San Francisco Chronicle says about 3.5 trillion pounds or the equivalent of more than 7 million Boeing 747s. Okay. Who do you know who thinks of weight in terms of 747s? <laughs> it's, it's enormous, but it's made of aluminum and it's hollow. How many canned hams would that be? Or elephants, or something like that. Anyway, it seems to be pushing the Earth's surface down as research shows the region has sunk by as much as 3.1 inches. And so you got like a, a lot of those big new, like the Millennium Tower, 645 feet tall. It's sinking into the ground um, and, and sagging on one side. It's about 16 inches it's dropped in uh, just over a decade. And because uh, uh, people who are not familiar with San Francisco... Some of it's original land, but a lot of it is the bay filled in with fill. They they added to the land, and now that's all getting compressed by the buildings and sinking into the sea. Didn't a smart person think of this before they started building all these things? Well, they had a little less uh, data, a little less science back in the day. Hmm. So I don't know. You, you can get a first floor apartment cheap. You're gonna have to wear rubbers, you know, boots. <laughs> rubbers. What is this? 1960. I don't know. <laughs> Who calls? Hip waders, like you're going fly fishing. Who calls them rubbers? Son, do you have rubbers? What? What the hell? (laughs) Armstrong and Getty.